Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another wonderful episode of The Light of the Southwest. Me and Holly are just so pleased to welcome yet again another one of our favorite guests back to the show, (laughs) Ben Burton, Ladder of Jacob, and Congregational Leader of Beit HaDerek here in Midland, Texas. Welcome, Ben, back to the show. Oh, thank you all for having me. I wonder if you're getting tired of having me, probably. (laughs) What? No. No, never, never. Fan ever. favorite. <laughs> yeah. We're really thankful you're with us today. Yeah. Okay, so if you've been watching our show, we just ask that you would, um, again, just like, share, that you would um, uh, subscribe to, to the GLC channel. And uh, again, just to sort of put us in a time frame where we are today. Um, the enemy seeks to change the times and the se- seasons, says Daniel chapter 7. So where are we? Today, uh, we've, uh, we've just finished the season of unleavened bread, and we are now in the midst of the Omer count, counting up to the, the, the biblical feast of Shavuot. Mm-hmm. So that's where we are, uh, and let, let's set the record straight. <laughs> right. We'll op- open up with some prayer. Yes, please. Gracious Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you so much for the world that you've created and for the light that you've given us and the knowledge of your son, Yeshua HaMashiach, and for the gospel message and the hope we have in him. I thank you for uh, GLC and for all of our viewers, Father. We ask that this program today would minister to each person's heart and illuminate your Torah, your word, and give us a fuller picture of Yeshua. So please anoint our words, Abba. May they be your words. We love you. We thank you. We pray all this in the name and merit of Yeshua, Jesus. Amen. 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 Yes. Amen. So we're going to talk about Shavuot. Right. So who knows what Shavuot is? Like? Yeah, what is Shavuot? Okay, so <laughs> we're talking about Pentecost. So we're talking about the festival of Pentecost that we read about in Acts chapter 2. And so just opening up with that discussion, first of all, I just want to make available to anybody in West Texas or online, we're going to have a, uh, we'll show it here on the screen, we're going to have a conference right here called the Night of the Bride, which is one of the terms and the names for Shavuot or Pentecost Mm. on May 25th, 26th, and 27th. You can register at shavuot.shuvu.tv. And if you go to that website, you'll be able to register, and it'll be at our congregation, Beit Aderech. But let's say you're watching online and it's too far away. Uh, you can register for a live stream, and it, we've never done anything to this scale at Beit Aderech ever. Um, this is exciting it, it's, stuff. It's, it's huge. Well, we're going to have speakers from our, uh, just a, a, like around the world and people coming. Um, and so... What we really want to do is is really connect people to the larger uh, larger community of believers who are celebrating the festivals, and that's what we're going to talk mm-hmm. about today is mm-hmm. the festival of Shavuot or Pentecost. So Shavuot literally means weeks, and so like for believers in Yeshua, for believers in Jesus, they may be saying, "Okay, what does that? How does that apply to me? Should I celebrate Shavuot? Is this something for me?" So let's just let's mm-hmm. just go through that discussion mm-hmm. also and talk a little bit about what is Shavuot. Mm-hmm. So in Leviticus chapter 23, it says, 
Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, These are my fixed times, my appointed times, the fixed times of Hashem, or the Lord, which you shall proclaim as a sacred occasion. So this is something in Leviticus 23 that is, it is a commandment. These are God's festivals, God's special appointed times. His appointments mm-hmm. is a nice way to say it. These right. are my appointments. And that sort of ties in with what Mr. Eric shared about the enemy seeking to change the times and the seasons. Right. We have a lot. We're inundated, really, with holidays to celebrate. Yes. But there's something specific from the Father that he wants us to observe. Something specific and something holy about mm-hmm. it. Now, one, mm-hmm. one thing we can do is, is to learn what does holiness mean, is to understand what it is from its opposite. You can understand something if you understand its opposite. So most people think the, the opposite of holy is evil. Right. Well, the opposite of holy, honestly, is common. It's something mm-hmm. that's common, that's everyday, that's normal. That's the opposite of holy. The word kodesh uh, means to be set apart, special. And God set apart these special times in Leviticus 23 to meet with his people. Mm-hmm. And he's inviting um, all of us to come and meet with him on those days. Right. Hallelujah. That's exciting. Hallelujah. So I think there's also another fun picture, Ben, if you don't mind. Just no, a second. No. So it's like um, they say in the footsteps of Messiah, as Messiah is coming to this world, it's like dawn. In dawn, there's this mixture of light and darkness, and it's actually very hard to see at dawn. Right. Why is it so hard? It's almost easier to see it when it's pitch black, because i got my lights on. If I'm driving at night, let's say driving at night. It's easier to drive at night or in the in daylight than it is during this dawn. And I think at this point, where we are today, mm. there's this mixture, and it's hard to see. And it's really like... Um, uh, you don't know which voice to listen to, and what is the holy time, and what is what is this thing? So anyway, no, that's that's, that's, a, fun, that's a fun picture. It's perfect, think. perfect illustration, especially at night. Things start to become mixture, and we have so much, you know, fake news and fake mm-hmm. everything out in the world. It's so hard and so difficult to learn. Okay, what is true? What is not true? One thing we know is God's word is truth. Amen. Yes. I'm All right, and we know Yeshua is the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. And if we connect to this, our vision and our ability to mm. see clearly in this dark world will just be it's like we'll have, you know, a, a lamp <laughs> unto our feet yes. on every step we take. And one way to connect to that lamp is to connect to God's festivals. Mm-hmm. Okay. Amen. So connecting to God's festivals, many people may think, well, that was what they did back then. Is that something that is still for us today? Um, in the book of Zechariah. It says when Yeshua returns, the whole world is going to f- celebrate the festival of Sukkot, or the festival of tabernacles, the whole world. So that also tells us that all of these festivals are for us. Okay, It, it tells us that every detail uh, in, embedded in these festivals, the New Testament says, are shadows of the Messiah. All right? mm. The body is of the Messiah. Well, would that make us connect, want to connect to them more or less? Absolutely more. More. I mean, this mm-hmm. is all Yeshua. Right. So when Yeshua says, do this in remembrance of me, like, you know, it's, it's for us to really connect and learn about him in a deeper way. So uh, let's just look at this, at this uh, verse here. Uh, this is a, a commentary here. It says, the festivals are mikrae kodesh, or callings of holiness, in the sense that each is a landmark in time at which we are empowered to call forth that particular holiness or spiritual quality embedded within it. 
On the first Passover, for example, God granted us the gift of freedom. On the first Shavuot, or Pentecost, he gave us the Torah. On Rosh Hashanah, also called Yom Truah, for the day of the trumpet blast, God became king of the universe. On Yom Kippur, the day of atonement, we received the gift of teshuva, of repentance, and so on. But freedom, wisdom, awe, joy, peace, and the other divine gifts granted in the course of our history are the constant needs of our soul. Those are the fruits of the Spirit. Mm. So God embedded these qualities within the very substance of time and set appointed times at which they can be accessed. Mm-hmm. Each year when we arrive at the junction, the juncture of time, in which there is a particular spiritual quality that has been embedded, we are granted the ability to access it once again. The special mitzvot, or commandments of each festival, are the tools by which we will, mikraikodes, call forth the holiness of that day. Eating matzah or unleavened bread on Passover unearths the gifts of freedom. Sounding the shofar on Rosh Hashanah calls forth its quality of awe and awesomeness and so on with the appointed times of God. So in other words, when we celebrate Passover, we're celebrating our freedom, not only the freedom of Israel 3,500 years ago, and not only the redemption that Yeshua purchased for us uh, 2,000 years ago, but it's, it's our personal journey, our personal exodus accomplished through Yeshua that we're experiencing and we're connecting to. And so when we celebrate uh, Pentecost or Shavuot, we're connecting to the day that God gave the Torah on Mount Sinai. And we're going to explore that a little bit in a deeper level. But every one of our festivals allows us to tap into and connect to a special quality mm-hmm. of that time. It's almost like each festival has a, spe- a specific energy, a specific uh, uh, scripture that I'm going to apply to my life at this particular time and place that God has set a point as is appointed time. I love the way it's uh, one of the names for it is Night of the Bride. Yes. Because as you're talking, I'm thinking of all of the uh, Gregorian calendar holidays, but uh, one specific is our anniversary yes. and how our anniversary comes around. And that's what we focus on is the day that we said our vows and got married. And we're not focusing on anything else that day. And so that tapping into that special unique power of the festivals. Mm. Um, I get that picture. Thank you. Yeah, that's a, that's a perfect, perfect example of, of somebody's anniversary. And what, and, you know, just asking Mm -hmm. the guys in the audience, what would happen if you forgot your wife's anniversary? How is that going to go over? Right. Right. And so at the same time, we have been robbed as the people of God. We've been robbed um, from these anniversaries that God made the redemption. He, gave the spirit, he gave the Torah, he's coming back with the shofar blast and all of these things. And it's important for us to connect to that, just mm-hmm. as we connect to the, the energy of the first time we got married, to mm-hmm. the energy of my, you know, somebody's birthday or whatever. Mm-hmm. This is very important to connect to the times that God has set apart, and that's the perfect example. Yeah. Amen. So, so the, the question is, what is the mitzvah? What is the commandment of Shavuot? So, in other words, Pesach, like the Passover, we know we celebrate the Seder, we eat uh, unleavened bread or the matzah on Hagamatzot or the Festival of Unleavened Bread. Rosh Hashanah, we blow the shofar. That's one thing that I think most people, as they connect to the Jewish roots of the faith, the first thing that they start connecting to is, is the shofar. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like the first time, and I, you just got a new shofar? I did. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh Joseph Mendez, who was a guest uh, wow. a few weeks ago, 
uh, actually got one from him and actually got to try out a bunch of different ones. And mm-hmm. man, this one, uh, first first try, big big blast. So hopefully this year during Rosh Hashanah that I don't I don't squeak them out, squeak them out like I did last year at at, at our congregation, but. I'll get some good strong ones That's for right. you. <laughs> we won't let oh, you no. down this time. No. Man. <laughs> oh, no. no, there's no letting down. I mean, you are like one of the most talented shofar uh, blasters ever. That's called Baal Tekiyah. He's like the, the master of the shofar blast. But shofar is something that everybody connects yes. to. Like so It's like one of the first things. And so the Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur the commandment is to fast and, and, and pray throughout the entire day. And finally, the sukkah, the sukkot, the, the tabernacle, you know, people build sukkahs, or some people just put up tents or whatever. But in Israel, everybody puts up a halakhically kosher sukkot, and and, yeah. and there's there's certain laws with that. But this idea of dwelling in a sukkah links to God coming and dwelling with us, and there's mm-hmm. just so much there. But with all of these elements in particular specific mitzvahs or commandments with each of these festivals, what is the commandment of of uh, Pentecost. Mm-hmm. So how, this is very important. How do we celebrate? First mm-hmm. of all, we're going to talk about that commandment. One thing we do is we eat cakes, we eat sweet things, we eat milk and, and like dairy products, ice creams. Why? Why do we do this on Shavuot? Why do we, um, why do, we do this? Because this is the day that God gave us his Torah. And we want his Torah to be sweet in our mouth. It's it's like the most, it's the sweet thing that God has given us, his Torah. And so it's traditionally eat, eat uh, milk products, you know, the milk of the word, the the, the commandments are, are like something that help us grow and develop as young, as young uh, believers grow into mature believers. You have to do that through God's instructions. Mm. So, Looking at that, we also read the Scroll of Ruth. And we actually have one here, right? Yeah. yeah. So this is called Megillat Ruth, um, the Scroll of Ruth. And um, it's amazing because on this day, Ruth becomes a convert, right? Ruth connects to the people of Israel. She was a Moabitess, and she connected to the people of Israel and specifically said to Naomi, Naomi your people shall be my people um, where you live, I live. Where you die, I die. Where you're buried, I buried. Your God shall be my God, and your people shall be my people. Yeah. I wore so. this necklace today. Uh, a dear friend of ours, uh, Marilyn Roloff. Uh, oh. So it has the sheaves of wheat on it, oh. and it has a little scroll inside that says, Your people shall be my people. Your God shall be my God. Wow. And it's in English and Hebrew. It's very special. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. I love the picture, too, of the, of the wheat harvest. Mm-hmm. It really put, every time I read any biblical story, and you know, I, hear, I, I hear the harvest, or what, pay attention to what it is, because um, the barley harvest usually is a, is a, is a spring, spring harvest, right. and you know that this is in and around the, the time of Nisan, mm-hmm. Passover, mm-hmm. Uh, Aviv, so you pay attention to that. But when you hear of wheat and the wheat harvest, mm-hmm. you immediately should begin thinking of, Shavuot. That's uh, right. And so and and there's a there's a meaning behind that as well. So um so during Passover is the first fruits of the barley harvest and barley if you know historically was the was animal feed basically. It was the food for the animals, but wheat is the food for humans. 
And so, I mean, somebody can eat barley for sure, but it's just not the same quality. Mm. So ultimately what happens during this time between Passover and Shavuot is that we're elevating through the counting of the Omer, we're elevating up to the level of becoming human uh. and, and transitioning out of our flesh into the spirit. Mm. That's essentially what it means because humans are basically half animal, half angel in a sense that we're very animalistic without the Lord. Without the Lord, we're just... We're just very mm-hmm. animalistic. We're just very smart animals. But when it comes, when the Lord's in our life, then we become truly, truly what it means to be truly human. Mm-hmm. Um, because before that, we don't have this higher level, this higher level of soul that God has endowed man with. So we read the scroll of Ruth, which, why is this also? Is because all Israel became converts at the foot of Mount Sinai. Mm. When they accepted God's word, his Ten Commandments, which we're going to talk about. So what is called the Aserat Hadibrot, um, the Ten Commandments. And so the Ten Commandments um, are really the, the core root of the entire Torah, which is also called the law or the instruction, is the 613 commandments of God's Torah. That's his wedding contract for Israel. And so because of that's his wedding contract, in the same way, this picture of Ruth marrying Boaz represents Israel uh, wedding and, and, and being connected to God on this deep covenantal relationship level. And that's something that goes for each and every one of us. And that tells, especially if we're believers in Yeshua, if you're non-Jewish and think, oh, this doesn't really connect to me, Ephesians 2 says it does. Ephesians 2 says, you were once not Jewish, you were far away from God, not apart from, you're apart from things. It doesn't mean we're Jewish now, but we have been brought near That's through right. the blood of the Messiah and, and part of the covenant. So it uses the word plural. It doesn't mean somebody's necessarily Jewish, but it does mean that you have been invited to participate and be grafted in to the covenants mm-hmm. of God. And therefore, Shavuot Pentecost has incredibly, incredible significance for you. So let's talk about this just mm-hmm. As we, as we discover what is the meaning of Shavuot. And this is the very core of what we're going to talk about today. So as we said, Shavuot means, the word Shavua, uh, singular, means weeks. weeks. And Shavuot means weeks, because we've been counting the weeks from Passover all the way leading up to this moment that Israel receives the Torah on Mount Sinai. Mm-hmm. So it's on this 50th day, Israel was sitting, it was, it was at the base of the mountain, and they received God's Torah. They received God's, God's instruction. And there was a huge shofar blast. And God's voice reverberated throughout the world. Matter of fact, here's the Midrash Rabbah. It says that God spoke all of these words. It says, when God gave the Torah, no bird twittered, no fowl flew, no ox lowed, none of the angels stirred a wing, the seraphim did not say, holy, holy. The sea did not roar. The creatures did not speak. The whole world was hushed into breathless silence, and the voice went forth, I am the Lord your God. Wow. That is so stunning. And the, you know what's also amazing about that first commandment? Um, it says, Anochi Adonai Elohecha. Now, there are about two million people sitting at the foot of Mount Sinai, if I understand it correctly. And he uses the word Elohecha, which means I am your God, singular. Mm. Um, mm. The way I would think that you would have to say that when you're speaking to millions of people is say, uh, uh, an, Anochi Adonai Elohechem, 
I am your, all of your God. I'm all of you people. Or we say it in Texas, y'all. <laughs> all y'all. <laughs> y'all. <laughs> this is, I'm y'all's God. The way we would say it in Texas. That's not what it says. It says, personally, I'm your God. That shows you that, yes, there is this collective level, and yet it also shows that individually God's Ten Commandments apply to each and every one of us. So this is very interesting. The word Sinai in, in the numerical values of the Hebrew language called gematria equals the word sulam, which means ladder. Now, that's very fascinating. They both equal 130. So you have this idea that the angels are going up and down the ladder when Jacob has this dream. And then you have Sinai, which Moses going up and down hmm. the mountain. And in this ladder, it's connecting heaven and earth together. Just as the ladder connected heaven and earth together, so too does Sinai. That's fascinating because in John chapter 1, Yeshua says, he says, you believe because I, uh, I said I saw you under the fig tree. I tell you the truth, you'll see greater things than that. You'll see the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Mm. So Yeshua himself is the ladder of Jacob, yes. and he is Sinai. He is the connector of heaven and earth. He is the embodiment of the law. He's the embodiment of the Torah. Torah yeah. Yeah. And so he is, as we said, the word of God. Uh, in mm-hmm. The beginning was the word. The word so flesh, yeah. with that said, he's the connector mm-hmm. of heaven and earth. And there are hidden connections in the Hebrew here. So let's just keep going further. Here's Midrash Lechak Tov commenting on Exodus 20, verse 15. It says, and all the people saw the voices. Mm-hmm. Midrash says, they saw what is ordinarily heard and they heard what is ordinarily seen. Now, think about this here just for a moment. Um, that is mind-blowing, hmm. because it says, and all the people saw the voices. That's what it says in Hebrew. Now, if you read your, open up your Bible, any English version, the translators are not going to know what to do with that. Hmm. They'll say, they, they perceived the thunderings. They'll translate it. It's not what it says in Hebrew. It says, they will see, they saw the voices. Mm. How can you see a voice? And apparently the Midrash says, all of physics was turned upside down. (laughs) When you have the creator of physics, who's not Mm -hmm. subject to the laws of physics, enter into the the world, into the matrix world that is created here, (laughs) the whole world is just inverted. Uh, Well, all the laws are inverted, and so you're just seeing amazing things. Mm. So how does this apply all of this to us, this idea of seeing the voices, this connecting, connection between heaven and earth, all of these things. Let's just look in Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Acts 2, verse 1. Uvayom milot shivata shavuot kulan And now when the day of Shavuot, or Pentecost, had fully come, they were all with one accord. That's so cool. Okay. Wow. Acts, tw- Acts 2 says that all the believers were together at one accord. Why were they all in one accord in one place, if you open it up? What were they doing? They were celebrating Shavuot. They were celebrating Pentecost, our spiritual progenitors, our spiritual heritage, the people that laid the foundation for our Messianic faith in the early uh, days of the apostles were celebrating the festival. Mm -hmm. That is the New Testament. That's something that we should absolutely connect to. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we should connect to it because it's the Torah, but if somebody's still iffy about the Torah, connect to this. It's right there in the book of Acts. Yeah. It's so important for us to connect to these festivals just as our early uh, forefathers did in the faith of Yeshua. Yep. So it also tells us something else. The Hebrew 
translation here of Acts says, Levechad, Kulanu Levechad. They were all of one heart. That's very interesting because Rashi, Rabbi Shlomo Yitzhaki, comments on the day of Shavuot that it says, Israel encamped there. The Hebrew of Exodus 19.2 says the word Vayichan. It uses the singular form, meaning that the Israel connect there as one man with one heart. But at all the other encampments, they were divided with complaints and strife. Mm. Now, this is fascinating. And it has huge implications for us as believers. One, in order to receive the Torah, Israel had to be in one heart and of one mind, all of them as one, as one people. At that moment, when all of us were one, Kulano Kehachad, all of everybody was as one, then the, 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 the Spirit of God gives the Torah on Mount Sinai. The same thing happened in the book of Acts. It says all of them were together of one accord, all of them were of one heart. And at that moment, it provides a conduit for the Spirit of God to break forth into the, into the, uh, the midst of the believers. Mm. What does that tell us today? Mm. That if believers are divided, and honestly, I don't know of a time that believers have been more divided than today. Right. Okay, which is a call to repentance for all mm-hmm. of us. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't care what denomination or what theology it is. You've got to be a chad with your brothers. You've got to be one with your brothers. And you've got to have that kingdom mindset, everybody focused on that same thing. We have people dividing over this and over that. And uh, I mean, I, we could just name all the... Sure. The, the minor doctrinal things or maybe major ones, but there, have, there has to be unity among the believers. And Yeshua says that one thing that people will know and bring glory to the name of Messiah is the love we have for each other. And when everybody's unified, then the world will know hmm. that Messiah is, Yeshua is really the Messiah. And if the world doesn't know that, whose fault is it? Is it the, the God, is it the atheist's fault? Is it the someone who doesn't agree with us politically's fault? It's the it's the responsibility of the believers mm-hmm. to show that the the onus of responsibility is in our lap, which mm-hmm. is a huge challenge for all of us. So we see that the early believers, our spiritual progenitors, they were all together. Uh, they were all levachad as one heart, one mind. Mm. And so let's just look at this again in Acts chapter two. So it says, And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And if you look at the, the phrase here, it says a huge voice, like a, a huge mighty rushing voice. Uh, spiritual voice just just broke broke through into the midst of all of this and just brings us to this concept that all the believers became like candles mm. if you notice that there was a there was tongues of fire above their heads right that every single person was themselves like this one of the candles of the messiah um, right i'll never forget the moment that we had an encounter with the word made flesh and as these friends of ours are sharing the truths of Torah, the truths of Yeshua, I do not remember for the life of me the words that they spoke. All I remember is 
tongues of fire, and that the message just went straight to my soul, and I knew, yes, this is it. This is the truth. Wow. Wow. That is is huge because that also shows us it's not really based on how articulate we are Mm -hmm. or the the exact, sometimes I try to focus too much on the exact words I need to use. God's spirit will translate it midair mm-hmm. and make it land where it needs to land yeah. and make the seed grow where it needs to grow. So the point in Acts 2.4, it says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other languages as the spirit gave them ability to speak. When this sound was heard, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because everyone heard them speaking in his own language. There were Greek Jews there hearing the hearing the message in Greek. There were people from Parthia, people from Syria, people from from other parts of of the Middle Eastern world that were hearing mm-hmm. all the believers speaking in their language mm-hmm. on this day of Passover. I'm on the uh, Shavuot, so it's on this day of Shavuot, on this day of Pentecost. That all the nations, and if you read the, the book of Acts, it appears that all 70 nations were there at that moment hearing, he, uh, they were proclaiming the gospel, hearing the gospel in their own language. Now, that's amazing because if you're reading this from a Jewish perspective, if you're a Jewish person and you're reading Acts chapter 2 and you know it's Shavuot and you're well-versed in Jewish literature, you're going, I know exactly what this is. There is a huge Jewish background here. Matter of fact, here it is in Exodus Rabbah 5.9. It says, when God gave the Torah on Mount Sinai, he displayed untold marvels to Israel with his voice. What happened? God spoke, and the voice reverberated throughout the world. And it says that all the people saw the voices. Note that it does not say the voice, but the voices. Wherefore, Rabbi Yochanan said, that God's voice, as it was uttered, split up into 70 voices in 70 languages so that all the nations should understand. When each nation heard the voice in their own vernacular, using the exact same language from Acts mm-hmm. 2, in their own language, their souls departed except for Israel, who heard but were not heard. Notice where it says, in their own vernacular, it says the same thing, in his own language. Mm-hmm. And so you see that, the message of the gospel brought life. I think the day the Torah was given, 3,000 people died. The day that this happened in the book of Acts, 3,000 people came to the Lord. Right. And so you see this, this uh, spirit just going, uh, going forth and just connecting people, but everyone heard it in his or her own language. Mm-hmm. That is a feature of Shavuot that we are reading about in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. So that is the background, the Jewish background of this phenomenon, this miracle that happened in the book of Acts, matter of fact, it goes further. Here's, um, here's the Talmud, Shabbat uh, 88b. It says, the disciples of Rabbi Ishmael taught that the verse, like a hammer which shatters rock, means that just as a hammer is divided into many sparks, so too every single word that went forth from the Holy One, blessed be he at Sinai, split up into 70 languages. Right, that's awesome. So this idea that, You've got two million people around Mount Sinai. And we know that there's a mixed multitude amongst Israel. But they would have heard the Torah if they were to accept it. Yep. As a, if this is a wedding proposal mm. to the bride, then they would have had to have understood it mm-hmm. from right. there. So this is a, an exact mirror. I think what else is really cool 
Uh, and it made me think, we're all together in one accord. Well, in today, I'm trying to think of um, any sort of an occasion that I can think of where, we're, where we want to have everybody on the same page. I think of a race for some reason. I think of a race, like an Olympic race. There's a countdown, you know, three, two, one, go. And everybody's on the same page. It didn't matter where you were from what part of the world, but I need you all to go at the exact same moment. But there's also a, not a countdown, but a count up That's leading right. to this. So now we're counting up to 50. Uh, and what is it doing? It's putting us, getting us prepared to be in this one accord for this one occasion. Then it seems like there's, there's something to this count up more than just, uh, you know, and it is one of the only feasts where he's like, hey, I need you to count it up. <laughs> like, right. I need you to be preparing, although there is preparation for each one of the other holidays. But there seems to be this is a commanded to count, you know. And um, anyway, this I is th- one of the feel, most yeah. important festivals of all the festivals. There are three that are just like on a higher level than the others. Mm-hmm. And that's Passover, uh, uh, Passover. Uh, is it Sukkot and then also Shavuot? Yeah. So these are called the Shalosh Regalim, the Mm -hmm. the pilgrimage festivals. And so this is one of them. And did you know something like this also happened in reverse 40 years later in first century, in the first century Israel? Hmm. Josephus reports, and here is what he says. He says, at that feast which we call Pentecost, as the priests were going in, uh, going by night into the inner court of the temple, according to the custom to perform their holy duties, they said that at first they felt a quaking and they heard a great noise. After that, they heard a sound like the sound of a great multitude saying, let us leave this place. Mm. This is heartbreaking mm-hmm. because Joseph, Joseph is basically what he's saying is that as the priests were going in, the spiritual um, presence of God and the spiritual angels and everybody, they were about to leave and they left mm. due to baseless hatred, division in first century Israel that basically... Um, created a vacuum where the temple could be destroyed by the Romans. And so this is quite stunning that this happened on Shavuot because what God is doing during the first Shavuot is giving people the opportunity to repent, to connect to God, to to bypass the 2,000-year exile, and to connect to the Messiah and to have the Spirit come in. And then just over this period of 40 years, uh, 40 years later, this exact inverse things happened. So... Mm. This is such a, such a huge thing because what we see in the book of Acts chapter 2 in, in, um, in the book of Acts in, in uh, Shavuot is an inversion or a healing of the curse of the Tower of Babel. So in the Tower of Babel, all the people were together and they were building this huge monument of, of rebellion against God. Wow. And God confuses their languages, and from that moment, there's, everyone is scattered in the world. But you see an exact inversion of this, is that wow. everybody's coming together as one for the glory of God, mm. and then God heals that language. And in the book of Zephaniah, or Zephaniah, it says, in that day when Messiah returns, he will return all the peoples back to a pure language, which we interpret as everyone will speak Hebrew when Yeshua returns. <laughs> so it's, it's really, really... Um, Really, really beautiful. So um, with, with that, in the book of Acts chapter 2, Peter is repeat, re, uh, preaching to everyone to, to make teshuva, to repent. And he tells everybody, when, 
um, to repent, and, and he lets them know of all the challenges that were happening in the first century. And he says, and they came to him and says, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter said to them, Repent and, and be immersed, every one of you, in the name of Messiah Yeshua, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Ruach HaKodesh of the Holy Spirit, for the promise is for you and for your children and all for all for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with that, many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were immersed, and they were added that day about 3,000 souls, as we mm-hmm. mentioned earlier. This is beautiful because that message right there was also for those who were far off, both in time and in distance. That means us. Mm-hmm. So we need to repent and immerse, be immersed in the name of Yeshua and become born again. This is yeah. so important. And the festival of, of Shavuot is the date to receive God's spirit. Mm-hmm. Right. So God gives the Torah on Mount Sinai, the law, upon the tablets of stone. And on the same day, he gives the law written within the hearts upon the tablets of flesh. Mm-hmm. In exact parallel, in exact fulfillment of the pattern that he laid down. Because these are shadows, blueprints, and, and prophetic patterns, which we call in Hebrew tavnit, as a pattern, as a blueprint for the future and for the redemption for each and every one of us. So if we haven't been filled with the Spirit of God, we need to become born again. Mm-hmm. Mm. Turn, back to, turn away from our sins. Repent. Make tshuva. Tshuva literally means make a 180-degree turn back to God. And connect to Yeshua, the Messiah. And this is the meaning of life. This is the purpose of us being alive. Right. I wanted to say this, too. I think there's, like, there is a rabbinical principle that if you really wanted to understand, say, like a word or a phrase or uh, uh, a subject or something that happened, and you see it repeat in the Bible, one of the principles is go back to the very first mention to fully yeah. unlock what you're reading. Yes. And I think for uh, Shavuot or for Pentecost, uh, we, we often want to just go back to, uh, let's say we want to read Acts and say, well, this is the first event. Right. Uh, but what, we're, what, you're try- what you're really unlocking here, Ben, is that it, that may not be the very first of this pattern, right. and the first of this pattern is back to Sinai. So if right. you really want to understand Pentecost and the deeper meanings, you need to go back to the first, and the first prototype of this pattern would be Mount Sinai and the giving of the law. Absolutely. And then you really start to unlock it. Absolutely. That's exactly right. And, and it's interesting you, you mentioned that because there is a text called the Book of Jubilees. It says the very first Pentecost that happened was when Noah came off the ark and he made his sacrifice. Mm. Uh, it's in the, mm. And so that was like, this is the time of renewing the covenant. Wow. And when God put the rainbow and all. So there is this woven thread, this connecting, uh, that you do have to go from the book of Acts back to Sinai and even back to Genesis to fully unlock mm-hmm. this and, and discover the treasures that God has hidden for us. <laughs> when we are reading the New Testament, it's not the first time things happen. It's the culmination of what has come before. That's what's so beautiful about the New Testament. It's the most beautiful Jewish book there is because it, it, um, it pulls all the puzzle pieces, all the threads, the scarlet thread woven throughout the entire Torah. It pulls them all together and reveals it as the face of Yeshua, the Messiah, Jesus. Amen. And so... It's incredible. So what do we do with this now that we've understood 
that the Spirit was given on Shavuot, the law, the Torah was given on Shavuot. What do we do with this instruction? Now, the word Torah in Hebrew, we translate it as law in English, but it really means the instruction. God's Word is, is profitable and good for instruction, for doctrine, for righteous living. It applies, Yeshua says, not one jot or tittle will ever pass from the Torah until heaven and earth pass away. Heaven and earth are still here. These things still apply. Yeah. Um, and so where can, we, where can we connect to this? I want to read something here from a commentary called Mevasar Tov. It says, the point of Kabbalat the Torah, which means the receiving of the Torah on Har Sinai, on Mount Sinai, was just not to inform the children of Israel, B'nai Israel, of the mitzvot of the Torah, of the commandments of the Torah, the receiving of the Torah also instilled upon the children of Israel an eternal faith in Hashem and in Moses, our teacher. Torah and faith must go hand in hand. If a person learns Torah as an academic discipline or keeps the commandments only out of social ritual, but does not actually believe in the Torah and the commandments are from the Lord, then clearly his observance is hollow. Similarly, if a person has faith in, other, in, in the Lord, but does not translate that faith into action by studying the Torah and observing the commandments, then his faith has no practical value. So this is a Jewish commentary here that's very beautiful and amazing because the New Testament tells us the exact same thing. Matter of fact, um, here is James. Here is James chapter 1, verse 25. It says, He who looks into the perfect Torah of freedom and continues, not being a hearer who forgets, but a doer of the work, this man will be blessed in what he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have to not just look at God's Word as an intellectual pursuit or something that's just simply interesting or good reading material. For believers in Yeshua, for believers in Jesus, we have to take God's words and God's, the principles therein and apply those to our lives in the lives of our family, in our community. And when that happens, the things that happen will happen in the nation and the world will be incredible, echoing what is in Acts chapter 2. So if we apply God's word, it will have effect. It will be very important. It's amazing what the rabbis say. James is saying the same thing. Now look at what James says. He says, the perfect Torah of freedom. The Torah of freedom, the word in Hebrew is Torah Acherut. In Exodus chapter 32, verse 6, it says, And the tablets were the work of God, and the writing was the writing of God, engraven upon the tablets. In Hebrew, the word engraven is the word charut. The word freedom is charut. Now, the way you pronounce it is determined by these little dots that we call nikudim, or nikudot, nikud. These little dots that tell you how to pronounce the vowels, because Hebrew doesn't have, have the vowels explicitly in the letters. So you could literally read that freedom was upon the tablets mm. in the book of Exodus. Mm-hmm. Now this is very interesting that James is saying this, because this is an existing idea among the Jewish people. Look at this. Here is Pirkei Avot 6.2. It says, read not charut, engraven, but charut, freedom. For you will find no free man except for him who is occupied in learning of the Torah. And whoever is occupied, whoever is occup- and whosoever is occupied in learning of Torah. And also doing. Mm. And so 
This idea of the perfect law of liberty, mm-hmm. I think the King James translates, mm-hmm. Torah Achirut, is an idea that was already in currency among the Jewish people at the time that the Torah is connected to freedom. Mm. That's awesome. As you're talking about the Torah, um, we brought with us today the Ten Commandments engraved on this wood, and it's beautiful. And um, I, I'm thankful for God's word, but it's making me remember David's words about writing the Torah on our hearts so that we don't sin against him. Yes. And the covenantal language of Sinai and uh, what we see in Shavuot uh, with Pentecost, with the Holy Spirit coming down, it's language that evokes um, the marriage relationship and being faithful. And so one place for all of us to start is if we've confessed with our mouth and believe in our heart that Yeshua is Lord, we will be saved. This is a great, another place to start is hiding his word in our hearts so that we don't sin against him so that when Yeshua returns, Mm -hmm. he comes back to a faithful bride who has not broken the, the covenant, the commandments, but has stayed true to her bridegroom, Yeshua right. the Messiah. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's amazing. I mean, you just see that, those two Ten, ten Commandments there. Um, matter of fact, those were stored in the Ark of the Covenant, above which was the, the wings of the, of the cherubim. And it's very interesting that the rabbis link the wings to the cherubim to our lungs that are breathing. What's beneath that is our heart. Mm. And so this idea of writing God's Word upon our heart and just in case somebody's saying, no, I don't believe that there's salvation by the Torah. We don't either. Like, this is very clear. Salvation is by faith through Yeshua. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But if once we are saved, how then shall we live? Yes, right. Right. And, and don't I want to connect to my master who, who brought me salvation more and learn about him more mm-hmm. yeah. and, and connect to him and apply his, his instructions to my life mm-hmm. in a greater way? Yeah. So there, there's a, a commentary here. It says, there are those who would say that the main thing is to be a Jew at heart, and by extension, just a, a, a believer in Yeshua or Jesus. These people assert that it's unnecessary to perform the various commandments. They distort the vital principle of the merciful one desires the heart to mean that a person's commandments or his application of God's word are not essential. They reason that if they can grasp the abstract purpose of the commandment, it is no longer necessary to actually do it. Only way to uphold the words of the Torah is to do them. Mm-hmm. So just mm-hmm. back to this concept, it seems like there's these competing ideas that faith versus works and works versus faith, and, the, and this is the whole book of Galatians and the book of James, that it seems like there's this conflict. There is no conflict. Mm-hmm. The, the salvation is by faith, and it's always been by faith, but that faith produces as a byproduct action. That's right. So if you have... Uh, this is the best way I can e- explain it. Um, a, a community comes together to pray for rain, but only one little girl brings an umbrella. Okay, <laughs> right, right. The community has belief; the little girl has faith. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so I think, in in many ways, that that's a very simple explanation. But that's what it is: is this um, this faith that we have um, inspires us to obey God's word. Mm-hmm. Paul says at the end of Romans chapter 3, do we then by this faith nullify the Torah? 
God forbid, rather we establish the Torah, we uphold the Torah. And so I I think it's just very important to apply God's word to our lives. And and I want to read one more thing. Shavuot is the festival of the Spirit. It's the festival in which God's Spirit is poured out upon believers, and believers have it in a, in a greater measure that certain, only certain people before reach that level. Okay? Through Yeshua, he's elevated us through his righteousness to receive that level. Okay? Look at this in Judges chapter 6, verse 34. It says, And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. Okay? Now listen to how it says it in Hebrew. So, Do you understand what that is saying in Hebrew? Because when the translators are translating this verse, either they got confused or they're trying to like, how do I make this make sense in English? And the Spirit, Hashem, the Lord, wore, put on clothes. Et Gideon. Et means that he, that Gideon is the object of the action. The action is to wear clothes. Matter of fact, here it is. Lavash is to dress, to wear, to clothe, to put on clothing, to be clothed. It's not as the Spirit came upon Gideon. It's the, it's the, the Spirit of God put on Gideon like clothes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a whole different understanding. And... Today, the Spirit is looking to wear clothes. To wear clothes for us, we can become the clothes of God's Spirit. Mm-hmm. We can by repenting, being immersed in Yeshua, uh, turning to the Lord, um, becoming born again. Through Yeshua's righteousness, He elevates us to a point to where we have the capacity to receive God's Spirit. And God's Spirit comes into our heart and wears us like clothes. Mm-hmm. That's what God wants to do on this shovel. Amen. He wants to wear you like clothes. <laughs> Amen. He wants to do indwell within you, just as he indwelt within the temple. Yeah. And that's where in Jeremiah 31, verse 33, it says, I will put my law within them, and I will write it upon their heart. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. This is the, this is the fulfillment of of Shavuot, and that is marriage language. Wow. That is marriage language. And that is why we want to invite people to mm-hmm. the Night of the Bride to come and experience it, if, whether it's in person or online. There's both ways you can register. But ultimately, that is the meaning of Shavuot, is that God will dwell in us, wear us like clothes, and write his law, his instruction upon our heart. That is the fulfillment of the new covenant. Mm-hmm. And that was all made possible through the sacrifice the death, burial, and resurrection of Yeshua the Messiah. Yes, amen. Wow. This is awesome. I mean, so I, I just think of like the the 70 palm trees in the desert, like a, just an oasis in West Texas. You're going to have a conference. Yep. You're bringing it for the first time. A lot of special guests for this night with the bride at, at, at Beit Haderic in Midland. Uh, for those of you who are in and around this area and you want to join Again, write that, that website down yeah. and register. Uh, it's going to be pretty exciting. Can you kind of give us a glimpse of, are you going to be reading Migilat, Ruth? What are some of the things that you're going to be doing? There is going to be so much. There is going to be um, 
there's going to be a, a panel of people breaking down uh, uh, Megillat Ruth, the book of Ruth. We're going to read the New Testament. I think it's going to be canted in Hebrew. Wow. Uh, they're going to cant Acts chapter 2 in Hebrew. Wow. There was a guy named, uh, I believe his name was Ezekiel Margoliot, a Jewish believer in like the 1800s. He put the cantillation to the Hebrew New Testament. Wow. And that is being restored in our day. So, That's yeah. going to be cantillated. It's going to be sung. Uh, the Ten Commandments are going to be sung. Uh, we are going to have, it's a multi-day conference. Uh, there's going to be a panel of different speakers, of different uh, programs. It's just, um, we've never done anything like this to this scale before, so uh, we hope it works. Uh, yeah. Um, but ultimately, it it really really works if if we connect with God. Mm-hmm. That's right. what this is about. This is Shavuot. This mm-hmm. is God's festival. This is God's appointed time, and that's what we want to do. So, we also invite everybody to come and register Shavuot.shuvu.tv um, and just go there and uh, register online uh, or. Register for in-person. There's limited seating, limited uh, tickets. So um, I don't know where we're at in the registration right now. So it could be, yeah. I, I don't want to get to a point where you turn people away, but it could be, who knows. But with that said, um, it's going to be an explosive time. Uh, but most of all, we want to meet with God's spirit. And we want to, to allow God's spirit to wear us like clothes. Yeah. And for him to write our law, his law, upon our hearts yep. wow. and the merit of Yeshua. Amen. 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 I think of the restoration. Um, I think of rest, the restoration of what we can, what we do when uh, the negative prophecies. Let's say this: the negative prophecies in the Bible don't necessarily have to happen if if you choose to repent, if you mm-hmm. choose to put on the Torah and mm. do the commandments and do the mitzvah. Right. You can bypass the negative prophecies. Yep. And immediately go into, and I'll give you an example. Um, let's say Nineveh. Uh, yeah. So Yonah is commanded to go and preach this negative prophecy, right? These, th- these things are going to happen to the people of Nineveh. But if you, um, and he asked them though, but if you repent, right? But the people chose to repent and the yeah, negative yeah. stuff did not happen. There's a biblical example of what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. And I just get excited that. Um, that you're going to bring the believers in and around West Texas and all over the world who choose to join online Mm -hmm. to come and and keep, one, the feast, and and two, uh, to begin to walk it out. Not just I have belief in repentance, but to give opportunity for people to come together to keep this feast, to restore the body. And as you do that, what negative things are we able to bypass because of putting on Torah and walking in it? Uh, I'm, I'm excited about that, uh, uh, and I'm excited to see the fruit of what your ministry is doing. I'm excited for, for West Texas. I'm excited for Texas. For all those that choose uh, to, wherever you are, you're probably in some part of the world, Washington, and you're, and you're doing this on some level with your group. And, 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 and keep pressing in. Uh, I, I love it. Um, and if this is your first time, like you know nothing about this, just register online and participate. Yeah. Or at the very least, you know, come together or, or come with a, and meet with other believers and just kind of honor the day. Do what, do what you can to just meet with God. And I think that's the most important thing. Amen. Amen. Thank you all so much for joining us today. And we pray that 
the word of Messiah will be a bright light within you and that you would connect with him, specifically the Shavuot. And we do encourage you to sign up for the conference. Thank you, Mr. Ben Burton, for joining us today. It's well, been a blessing you so to have what you. A blessing. Yeah. And like, again, if you uh, are watching online, please like and share this feed. Um, we are a, a viewer and listener um, sponsored station. So please, if, if the Lord's putting this on your heart to support God's Learning Channel and for more programs like Light of the Southwest, please uh, consider uh, giving and uh, supporting our ministry. Thank you for joining me and Holly today, and we pray that you, you we pray that you have a blessed amen. Shavuot uh, this year. In the name of Yeshua, Amen. Shalom. Shalom.